Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Disney Grown Up is recorded in the Greater Brisbane area, Queensland, Australia. We would like to acknowledge that this land is the custodial land of the oldest living civilization in the world. We would like to acknowledge our first peoples and their elders, past, present and emerging, for they hold the hopes, dreams, traditions and cultures of Aboriginal Australia. Georgina and together we're Disney grown up. Uh, Hugo is having a little nap, a um, little bit of quiet time. I hear him cooing. Who knows? Might have gently to in the background. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but uh, we'll just see. Uh, today is one of our fun facts. Fun facts. Yay! Episodes. The funnest of facts. And seeing as uh, Georgina is on two this season, yeah, it is my two in turn. A row. It is my turn. You're up. So um, I have chosen a movie, and I've chosen this movie. <laughs> Simply because I came across this article on Facebook, came yeah. up, and I was like, this is the greatest anecdote. Oh. I have to. It's a I bold d- call. It just, it just like, well, not the greatest of all time. It's just a really, really fun, great anecdote about this movie, about um, casting. And I'm like, I just need We to need share to do this. an episode specifically for um, it. And it's a movie that I very much Enjoy for a number of reasons. Mm. And that movie is The Hunchback of Notre Dame. It is indeed. Yes. So, um, yes, I'm going to tell you a few fun facts. Of course, my child is choosing this moment. <laughs> this exact moment. To start making noise. But I'm going to ignore him and hope that he... Will hope for the best. ...settles down. Otherwise, Georgina, you're on I've, baby duty. I, I'm up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how that turns out. But I got it. So, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm. Came out mid nineties. Yes, um, around the same time as a lot of other of the Disney Renaissance, yeah. kind of like a little bit of an outlier movie in that it's very yeah. dark, very very dark. Yes, it's scary. We did talk about this in our mum's episode where um, Quasimodo's mother like gets yeah. like, murdered on the streets. That <laughs> like. Very, very dark. It's it does not start. No, it doesn't cheerful. start happy. Doesn't end happy. Like no, it's it's a time. Mm. Um, but one of my favourite things, um, favourite facts that I found out in this article, they were talking about the casting for Quasimodo. Yes. So they went through a couple of people, one of which was Meatloaf. 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 <laughs> Can you imagine? I actually kind of would love it like and he, hate it. He read for it, he sang for it and he it was oh, so like full on. It was so close that they were discussing what they should call him. Like, should they call him Meat or like Mr. Loaf? Mr. Loaf, Mr. Meatloaf. <laughs> so that was like so close um and so he was saying out there which is like yeah the best beautiful such a good song um and then they'll kind of like maybe he's not quite right maybe he's not quite soft enough or not the best bit but this is this is a bit this is another uh, potential quasimodo okay and this cracked me up all right because i can visualize it so well yeah mandy patinkin (gasps) oh right Yes. 
And this became known as the Mandy Patinkin incident. This, 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 this whole incident you know became I love so Mandy notorious. Patinkin. I'm excited. They, it just became this story, <laughs> which is so funny. So the worst audition. The worst. It's become the worst audition. Ooh. So he's rolled up to the audition. Yeah. He's brought his own accompanist. Of course. Of course Mandy did. Now that's already like, as soon as I read that, I was already like, like oh, we've already started wrong. Strike one. <laughs> Strike one. You're not trusting the person that they yeah. set up for you. Who was probably Alan Menken. Yeah. No, Mel- Menken, you're not good I enough. I mean, the composers <laughs> were Alan Menken and Stephen Schwartz <laughs> on the lyrics. These are not plebs. Neither of you two are good enough for Mandy. They're not. <laughs> these are not imbeciles. No. These are very well respected very and accomplished. very good. Accomplished. I mean, perhaps not quite as famously known. I feel like in the music industry they would But have in been the 90s. Low. I mean, surely people. But anyway. Yeah. So he came in and he'd already been given, I think out there he'd been given, given to like look it the over, song, familiarize yeah. yourself, go into it. So he came in and he did, he like did his process. So he talked, when he Ooh. refers to this audition, he's like, oh yes, I did my process with it. And apparently then <laughs> Tinkin's process is to rearrange the song. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's come in. <laughs> He's come in and it's been rearranged and Alan and said Stephen are like on the panel, like there, there. in the room and <laughs> playing it. And I think this is one of the directors speaking and he's referring yeah. to one of the other directors. And like they're just like, oh, okay. And um. apparently Alan and Stephen were just like turning red and levitating is the direct <gasps> quote. Um, oh, my God. And so they're just like. like so then um yeah so so Mandy came out he did a bit of the dialogue um read the scene he was given some feedback and he was very gracious and like you know taking on that feedback um and then at one point man she's like i'm out i'm just i'm gone guys i can't do this and he just walks out Oh, here we go. Um, Patinkin corroborated the story. Here we go. So he told the Los Angeles Times in 1907 that they sent me a song and I worked on it the way I work on songs, which is just... Do whatever I want. Hilarious. I just think that is the funniest story. You know what I'm picturing, though? Mm. You know in High School Musical when Ryan Sharpay do their (laughs) bop to the top version? (laughs) Because he's like, this is a ballad. And they've got, like, props. Uh, That's what I feel like Patinkin did. Oh, mate. But, yeah, apparently they had a big argument. Like, Mandy was, like, yelling at Stephen. And Stephen's, like, stormed out. And then Alan's trying to, like, calm Calm everyone down. down. He's like, Stephen, it's okay. Stephen, we can go in another direction. So, yeah, the Patinkin incident is what it was Because I can imagine they were like, Patinkin, he's ready for it. This beautiful ballad, like... It's going to be great. And apparently, the animators just thought it was so hilarious that they like drew a whole bunch of pictures like about <laughs> it, which I wish I, I want to see. see that more than anything. Oh, I just oh, and like yes, okay, we're in Corona times, and yeah. remember this the Sondheim yes. anniversary concert yes. that happened earlier this year, yeah, and Mandy Patinkin just sang "Sunshine by a George," yeah. wasn't it? Um, just he stood out by in the a open stream, <laughs> by a stream. Doing an acapella. And he's just like, this is what I'm singing. <laughs> God bless Mandy. It puts a whole new light on that. On that right? On that as well. 
because that was the first thing that came to my mind, and I was like, that makes a lot more sense knowing this this story. This story. I was like, oh, I but see. A, but apparently, Mandy is a little bit of a drama queen. He's has he's been in a little bit of a diva. Um, but that just absolutely that is a great story. Cracked me up. And I um, speaking of it. cracking up, my son oh, is he's... cracking it. So I'm just gonna go. Oh, do you want to quickly get him? <laughs> While you're doing that, I will. Um, I'm gonna get some more facts. So, these are just going to be a bunch of, like, interesting yes. random things. For example, Frollo's horse. Now, yeah. if you were Frollo's horse, what do you think you would call him? Oh, Philip. Philip. <laughs> um, that's a good name. That's a good name. That's a quality name. Um, but it's not Snowball. It's <laughs> 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 Now, Snow- go back and watch the movie. Yeah. And that scene with, like, Quasimodo's mum. And the horse looks evil, like this possessed yeah. giant demon. And its name is it's Snowball. Snowball. Um, that's hilarious. Demon Snowball horse. <laughs> hey, mate. Yeah, Hugo's joining us. Yeah. He's, he's got some thoughts. Don't you? Yes. <laughs> he doesn't gonna like share Snowball them either. <laughs> he looks scary. Um, the Bells of Notre Dame... Was it didn't really exist until they were like a third of the way making the oh. movie? It was kind of like a late audition, uh, audition I should say. Um, and essentially, it was just like couldn't quite like they couldn't quite get the start right. They wanted to like set the scene, and they just weren't yeah. in the mark. And then Stevens like, got it. I got can it. make this more interesting. Bells got you. Um, 50% and so he more bells. writes the lyrics, and that song. I mean. I've said this before. I don't think I've said it on the podcast, but I'm saying it now on the record. The Hunchback of Notre Dame soundtrack and songs, Alan Menken's best work. I think so. Yeah. When you listen to them. When you listen. Oh. 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 When you listen to the arrangements and the music and his inspiration, he took a lot from like Latin hymns and um, it's very majestic. Like it's, it's got the so scomp- majestic. That's like. Whew. And it is an incredible score. Like yeah. it is honestly, I think technically and just mood and everything, it is so, 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 just, so good. It, yeah, it just all works together. And out there is just oh, so <laughs> good. I, I mean, Do you think you have ranted before about your love of the soundtrack? He is great. I think I, I love – I mean, do I love – I don't think the songs are as catchy as like Beauty and the Beast say no. or – Little Mermaid. I think I like those songs lyrically more. But Out There and Hell's Fire. Oh, so, so good. good. And so when, good. Like, God bless the outcast. Eh. But I really love I that like song it. though. It's just not as – I think when you have these big, um, incredibly dense and powerful songs, I think because it's just a little bit quiet, it's just not yeah. as interesting to, to me comparatively. Yeah. But it is still a beautiful song. Um, but yes, the, um, another thing, if you notice about just like cinematically, um, when Frollo is in any scene, the, um, the room becomes so much darker. It's like every time he enters, it's, yeah, so it's really, really cool. Um, what else about Hunchback? Um, a lot of the recording sessions were videotaped. So they filmed the character. Oh, like the like, live action. Yeah, yeah. So they can They've take their the mannerisms and stuff for the Which I really uh, like when they do that. Like I feel yeah. like you definitely get that more yeah. realistic. And a lot of the animation, like 
the all the characters were done by hand, but there was also a lot of um, cool 3D effects, particularly in the crowd scenes. And mm. when you watch them back, like that scene where Quasimodo like holds Esmeralda up um, at the top of the um, Notre Dame, yes. the bell towers, and then it like zooms like that whole scene with the fire and the oil like oh. the scope of it is just incredible and looking at the time frame in which it was released too yeah like i mean obviously there's you know the animation years later improved yeah exactly when you think about when it was done yeah you know amazing um 620 artists seven uh, 72000 pencils one million sheets of animation paper and 1.2 million work hours to finish the movie. That's some high numbers. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. Um, oh, we talked about the huge crowds. Of course, that's um, CGI they used. Yeah, um, to get that. And then they kind of just had like a basic person in like a bunch of different outfits essentially. <laughs> <laughs> just put a different hat on this that's one. Right. Done. New person. <laughs> a um, feather in this one, I think. Yeah, but pretty amazing scope really again, like you said yeah. at the time. Um, so, um, yeah, nifty. Um, I just saw another the, uh, fact again about Mandy Patinkin. Man, it's, <laughs> that's so hilarious. That's so funny. I haven't, I haven't heard that story either. I hadn't either. And you know I love Mandy. And I feel like there was something, because I, I defended this movie in the Disney vs. Disney yes. debate. And I didn't come across it then. And I'm like, how did I not know this? I'm like, this is my favourite thing this ever. Is the, one, that's one of my favourite Disney anecdotes that's I that mean that's why I was like I have to do a fun facts episode this simply it. to share this anecdote because yeah. it's hilarious um in the in the book and in the musical adaptation yes. follows of course um one of the priests mm. but they did change his job to a judge in this movie because they're like uh we it's don't a bit want. offensive we don't really want that whole like this is not an anti-christian movie yeah we don't want to set that up I mean, he's pretty straight up evil, so we're going to make him a judge just to Rather than separate. having that association. And I then also, that. it was quite nice in a way because then the, the priest like protected Quasimodo. Yes, the sanctuary. Uh, and the, and the know, sanctuary rules. Then you've got that. So they didn't muddy that. I mean, um, in the musical, I still think they did a really good job. The musical yes. Broadway ad- adaptation, I think they still did a good job considering Frollo was a priest again. Yes. Um, I do think it still works, but you... Yeah, it has to be yeah. a little bit more careful and how you do it. And he still had a lot of, like, religious, like, like themes and, and he, yeah. he was definitely a very pious kind of character. But they were like, oh, let's, let's tone it back a little bit, which I think was a good decision um, for sure. Yeah. Um, and the gargoyles were kind of, like, taken from the – they were inspired by the novel – Mm. I think they took a little... Um, a bit of creative license. Unfortunately, those gargoyles were like... I like them in the musical a lot better. I feel they were Than in better. the movie because, like, to me, they would have been much better worked as, like, a Quasimodo's inner thoughts and, and that they're not, like... Yes. Yeah, so he obviously, like, he's imagined them and they speak for him. Kind and of his he's conscious. Yeah, yeah. Almost. Whereas, oh, I mean, I, again, there's a lot of tone issues in Hunchback, yeah. Paul. As far as, <laughs> like, what like, is this? It's, like, really dark and then you've got, I'm losing to a bird. So, yeah. I mean. Mm, um, and, I mean, I get why they did it to, you know, 
keep it. It's a kid's you movie. You know, let's have a bit of comic relief now. But I, it's just a bit sad because I think they could have been really done a lot better. But anyway, anyway, oh, such is life. Um, oh, Hellfire. Sorry, what did I say before? I, I think, think I said, said Hell's Fire. Fire. Hellfire. Um, was, it is was also Hell's Fire if it's Hellfire. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but that was kind of inspired by Tosca, but by Puccini. Um, yeah. I see that. I see that. So the act one final song, Te mm. Diem, it was kind of like it's got the based scope on that. of an opera, doesn't oh, it's it, such really? A bang. Hellfire is such, such a, a bang good song. It's um, one of the best, better villain songs. Oh, like. Yeah, you it would know, be right be up villain, on my list. That would be my song to sing. Like, you know, it's very evocative. If I want to be the worst villain, that's <laughs> what that's what I'm going to go. Yeah, with. it is. Oh, oh, um, very, very good. And I also love this whole like it had these really, really dark themes, and Disney just assumed that it would get a PG rating, like yeah. because of all these really dark things. They didn't think they'd get a G. Rating because it. it was because of these things, but it got a G rating <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I got this little. Oh, I feel like um, it's not a G movie though. I don't know who this is. Oh, this is screenwriter Tab Murphy, um, and then he's like, maybe it was the gargoyles. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that did it. G maybe for gargoyles. Maybe that saved us. But like we thought this was gonna get a PG because she pretty dark. Yeah. And I think it's kind of cool because they're very very careful about maintaining their G. Yeah, they but are. they were like, we're okay with that. So. There you go. Um, of course, anyone related to Victor Hugo hates it. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> I like, do kind of see why. This is rubbish. If you, when you compare it to the original work, it's not really. I think, um, yeah, it, the thing is, is that the story had been reworked multiple times yeah. by Victor Hugo himself. He adapted it um, to, for the opera. There was an yeah. um, operetta. So... He had, he had already adapted it a couple of times himself, but it certainly was, as Disney works are, a very, you know, bones uh, only adaption yeah. where they we'll just take, take the base premise. The, yeah, the base premise and the major points and then kind of clean it. Um, and speaking of those terrible gargoyles, Jason Alexander. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't even uh, let speaking his, of wouldn't let his kid watch it. He's like, nah, <laughs> nah, you don't need to see this. I'm not, I'm not taking my four year old to that. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Nope, nope. That's a well, that's a hard pass. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like it's not for a four year old. Yep, yeah, not really. It's a little bit dark. Um, so yeah, um, there's a, a, quite a few other little bits and pieces, but um, I think that's pretty much. Really, that's it. Some of the cool. I feel stuff. like the Patinkin incident itself is I th- enough. Look, I'm not going to lie. I was really focused on that <laughs> incident, and I thought that was the best. And the rest of these facts just seem to not. I mean, it pales in comparison. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and Hugo agrees. I, I just can't get um, as excited about Jason Alexander eating barbecue chips. Why did he eat barbecue during chips? his lines to make his mouth sound full? Why I mean, just act it if you're an actor. Wow. Ooh, I mean, when you have the like, choice to be eating on the job, I mean, well, that is very true. I 100% would. Let's but it's kind of weird because he is eating bread and cheese at the time, so it's not like yeah, at least they be crunch accurate. But I mean, eat bread and cheese. Why wouldn't you want to eat oh, bread? And although cheese? here's another one from here's another one. Quasimodo and Phoebus both grab their biceps as a metaphor for what? Well, let's just wait to see. Is the metaphor <laughs> stating that they share each other's pain? you see, which oh. is Frollo's cruelty. 
and that they do it at the same time, I think, or similar. I don't know. Some dudes writing about stuff he's noticed. It's a thing that he's like, oh, this is intentional. Mm. The animators are like, oh, we were just reusing animation okay, cells. Okay, so, so um, Phoebus is when um, Frollo's physical pain, because he disobeys him and Frollo tries to have him killed. Yeah. And then Quasi's is his emotional pain. So he's like... But he represents himself by that. That is similar So they use that similar okay. action to as a... Yeah, so... Okay, all right, cool. All right, I mean, I'll pay it. Yeah, yeah sure. Maybe it's just easy to animate. <laughs> anyway. I mean... Sure. Um, they did, of course, go to Paris and check stuff out. Yeah. Um, they also drew quite a bit of stuff in Paris. Um, some of the recording was done in London, so they kind of hopped around. And it was the first Disney movie, I think, to be animated in the new Disney headquarters when they moved. Yeah. This was the first one to um, come out of there. Um, so, um, yeah, there's some really awesome things. Give it another go, you know. Um, because it's worth a look in. It is dark. It is very it dark. It is different. Um, well, I'll tell you my fun story about Hunchback and Notch Yes. Now. And when I last Hang on, I'll, I'll grab Hugo. You grab Hugo, you I'll tell my story. It was, we were on a holiday, my family and I, and my brother and I were old enough to go to the kids club and we were real psyched. My younger sister had to stay in the room with a babysitter, right? Ugh. Ugh. Mum and dad off to dinner. Fancy swanky doing it. Next minute, I know, I'm getting pulled out of the kids club. And I was like, oh, my God, what's happened? They're like, we need you to go back and look after your sister. And I'm like, oh, annoyed. Also, like, come on, what's happened? The babysitter had decided to show her hunchback of Notre Dame and she had gotten (laughs) terrified of it. (laughs) And the babysitter couldn't console her because she was so scared. Like, they'd only just – they'd not gotten far in. Well, I mean, we were talking about it before. Like, but it's like, yeah, his mum's like real, straight up murdered. Like, at why the would start. you be like small child out of all the movies, Hunchback and Notre Dame? <laughs> and so I had to go back, dragged away from my fun kids club evening oh. to watch my baby sister, because she was terrified of Hunchback and Notre Dame. So that's a story we retell well, many times is she and make still fun traumatized of her. Probably <laughs> by it to this day. Probably I don't. And that's the thing, though. We never rewatched it after that, really. Because we were like, oh, <laughs> better not put Hunchback Give on. Give that a pass. So I don't think I've watched it in many years. It's worth a rewatch. I rewatched it when I was defending it mm-hmm. um, as I was a late call in, um, which, you know, I love. I love being love it. put on Sub the edge, in, you know. Um, and I, I realised how much I enjoyed, like enjoyed it and how much value there was to it on the rewatch. Yeah. And I feel like as an adult... There is a lot more to appreciate. Yeah, in it. it definitely had its weaknesses, and it was mm. it is not a perfect film by any means, um, but it has such good potential. And yeah. it actually, from watching that, got me interested in the musical version. And mm. then when I um, was looking at that and listening to that soundtrack, um, that recording, I should say. Um, yeah, that's when I was really like, this is an incredible work by Menken. Like, he has done a stunning job. Like, those harmonies. I mean, The Bells of Notre Dame is such a strong opening song. Yeah. And there's, like, eight-part crunchy, crazy harmonies in that. Yeah. Um, and the the lead gypsy, what's his name? I don't have it in front of me because I'm holding my child now. Um, 
But he hit some like crazy note yeah. too at the end. Like, <laughs> I feel like it's a very impressive song. Because I would say I've listened to the musical soundtrack now more, mm. which kind of just like amplifies everything that's good oh, about the score. You yeah. know what I mean? And when you turn it into that huge arrangement, yeah. you're like, oh my God. And you go back and listen to the original and you're like, no, this is a banger. Like, yeah, yeah. This is so good. It was really good originally. Definitely beefed yeah. up the musical. Um, and I think the musical version like did the gargoyles a lot better and hmm. and they kind of uh, helped the story. Um, I even saw a version of the musical mm. um, where they had a deaf Quasimodo and the gargoyles sung for yeah. him. I've while seen the yeah, Quasimodo it's so good, oh, so powerful, and it works so like yeah. So I feel like the musical elevated it yeah. and kind of was like, no, we don't need comic relief for children. So you know what? We can kind of refine yeah. it. Yeah. Thinking about all of this, you know I don't really like the live remakes. I, I reckon. Live remake. Hunchback. Yeah. yeah. I would – I actually think yes because you could take Do that it. darker tone, lean into that. Yeah. Have those beefed out orchestrations. And you could oh, do right. – Get Mandy Patinkin back. <laughs> Give him a second so, shot. Maybe he could be a gargoyle. But um, yeah. but you could really lean he into could be it. Frollo. It could be really dark tone. You could um, you have those, mm. those new orchestrations. You could have these gargoyles be very clearly not really real but part of Quasimodo's yeah. world. And you could make Quasimodo a deaf actor. Yeah. And have him signing and having the gargoyles yeah. like speaking for him and stuff. I think that would I think be, be amazing so good. because that is really people with disabilities mm. are very underrepresented in the Disney canon. Oh, We're getting far better for um, you know representation of people of color, but we really haven't hit really like yeah. done the differently abled. We have not we have not represented that, and how powerful would that be to have? That would be um, so amazing. Oh, Disney, right. give us a call. Give us that. Oh. I want that. That's a yes. live action I would watch. Yeah, because I feel like that would work. And have some, you know, your There's benefit to having it as a live action. Yeah, there's definitely like a little, you'd still have to, the whole like gypsy like side story, you'd have to be a bit careful with, yeah, I think. Very careful with making sure your casting is right and making mm. sure it is that, because there is some criticism about the way that the, um, like the gypsies were portrayed. portrayed and stuff. Yeah. So you want to make sure that they were definitely being portrayed, um, not as just like reckless yeah. partiers, but, you know, a race of but people yeah, wrongly discriminated. The, the chance to fix, like, yeah. improve that representation. Exactly. How good that would that be? That would be good. Yes. Mm. Make I it think happen. it could be time. I think it's time I for it. I think it's time. Mm. I think it's time. Actually, it's Speaking of live actions, although by the time this goes to air, we probably would have already seen it, is the the live action Mulan. Yes. Which is being released Disney Plus. But by the time this goes by by this comes out, uh, <laughs> it's probably well and truly probably. out. But I am very excited by that. Yeah. So. And again, one of those stories where I'm like, I feel like, and again, we've not seen it yet, but I feel like 
the depth of the story warrants yes. a live action. And yeah. I feel like that's the same for We'll probably Punchback. have a review for Mulan <laughs> before, <laughs> before, 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 before this. this episode. So if we are time travelling, um, <laughs> just bear with so us. Sorry, listeners. Sorry. Uh, if you're like, um, guys, you've already done a review on Mulan, what is wrong with you? Uh, that's because we can't manage our own timeline. Yeah. Um, we and have a TARDIS. Yep. And uh, we, we lost track. We, you know, we lost you know, track. Sometimes things happen. <laughs> Well, I think that is a moment to end on. Yeah. Yes. On that. So let's end. I think you guys gone to sleep again. So thanks, mate. <laughs> As we work. finish, that's the way. Love your work. Um, love you all. Thank you for listening. Again, keep safe. Um, and yeah, chuck on old Hunchback. Give it another watch. Give it a shot. Give it a re-go. Listen to the score. If nothing else. If nothing else, go listen to the soundtrack. If nothing else, soundtrack. go to your favourite music. Streaming service. Streaming service. Chuck in your headphones. whatever. Bells are not time for your workout. Do it. Like, it'll, <laughs> it'll get you there. <laughs> I don't know how good it is for the workout. No, I think it did work. It's a workout listening to it. Yeah. Do it. Recommend it. Um, have fun. <laughs> Stay safe. Love Disney. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.